Welcome back to another episode of A Billion People, One Emotion. Your one place for knowledge on Indian cricket. Welcome back everyone to the day-to-day uh, review of the World Test Championship. So, here's what happened in the match so far. New Zealand won the toss and elected to bowl first. Uh, Rohit Sharma and Shubhan Gill put up a tough stand at the start against Saudi and Bolt, but then uh, fell Jameson and Wagner. Pujara, after a gritty stand, fell, and Kohli and Rahane ended the day with India at 146 for three after 64 overs. The new ball for New Zealand is 15 overs away, and totally, the, this game has lost about 90 plus 25 overs of play, which hopefully can be made up in the sixth day, if and only if there's no more rain to come. So, I take this time to welcome my two guests for this episode, uh, Vivian Anand and Rehan Gore. Hi, guys. Hi. What's up, man? Okay, so um, let's get down to things. Okay, so the first thing I want to ask you is, how big do you think is the toss? How will the toss affect the turn of the t- game? Uh, I think the toss in this match particularly was um, very important because there were overcast conditions and it looked like there was going to be quite a bit of a sea movement. And we could see it on uh, at the beginning of the match with Saudi and Bolt being able to swing the ball well. But I, I feel like New Zealand didn't really capitalize it capitalize on it, considering that Saudi's line was not very consistent in the first 10 overs or so. And um, it allowed India to sort of settle in with Rohit and Gil. So I feel like the toss does did have like a very big effect, but I don't think New Zealand was able to capitalize on it. Getting yeah, back to Vivian's point. Yeah, Dehan, go ahead. Yeah, Getting yeah. back to Vivian's point. How do you think yeah. New Zealand handled their first 10 overs? Yeah, so I don't think New Zealand were on par early. Um, like you could see while the lacquer was on, it wasn't swinging as much as as it was later on. And like they were just off on their length. Uh, Tim Saudi and Trent Bolt, uh, they were tinkering around and nothing was really working for them. And Rohit Sharma and Shukman Gill were really solid. They stuck to one line and they left everything which wasn't on that line. And so whenever... Uh, whenever like Trent and uh, Saudi got frustrated, they would tinker with their line and that would give uh, Shukman and uh, Rohit balls on their pads, which they could just put away for some runs. Exactly. That's a perfect uh, description of it. And how do you guys think the bowling, uh, the New Zealand's bowling shifted after the first 10 overs? Like after Saudi and Bolt were taken off the attack and Jameson, uh, De Grandholm and Wagner came in. Right. So I think, I think as soon as, Jamieson and Wagner came in. They were a lot more consistent with their line. And we could see it in the first few overs um, since they came back. J- uh, Shuman Gill fell to Wagner and Rohit fell to Jamieson um, after this. And they were a lot more consistent with their line than obviously, um, particularly Saudi and also Bolt. And they were really able to capitalize on um, the swing that the pitch, that the ground was providing. So their bowling, I feel like it shifted to a lot more to become a lot more consistent. And they, this part of the first session, I feel like they won. I feel like maybe the first part, India definitely won because again, as Rehan rightly pointed out, uh, Rohit and Shubman were very solid. But once Jamieson and Wagner dismissed the openers, uh, it slowed down for India and it was looking a lot better for New Zealand. 
true, that's true. Yeah, so, I, I Rehan, agree with Vivian. in your opinion, who do you think won the first session? India or New Zealand? And give a reason also. also. Yeah, so for the first star, India were looking really solid. They were 60-odd. I mean, uh, like, they hadn't lost a wicket. And by the end of the first session, they had lost two wickets. So I think India India started off really well. And then New Zealand caught up once uh, after Wagner and Jameson came in. But I, I would still give the first session to India, particularly because uh, they saw off the opening over. They saw off the first star. And they give a good foundation for the middle order to come in. Great, great, great. That's great. Okay, so moving on to the next point, uh, we saw towards the like the whole course of India's batting innings that they had two major partnerships, Rahane and Kohli, and Rohit and Gill, and both took some breaking by some magnificent bowling. So, do you think New Zealand missed a trick by not putting Ajaz Patel in that playing eleven and going with five seamers? Uh, Rehan, you first. Yeah, definitely. So we know because of the overcast conditions and obviously we are playing in England, it, it is a seeming pitch. Seamers will have the advantage. But like as uh, Shane Warne said, uh, if it seems, it'll also spin. And you could see footmarks developing on the pitch. So I think that in the fourth or fifth day, if conditions stay stable, there could be a, there could be some spin, and I think New Zealand might have might have made a mistake playing uh, not playing a Jas Patel. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Rehan. As he said, it makes a lot. It made sense for New Zealand to have all four seamers: uh, Saudi Bolt, Jamieson, and Wagner, and to bring in uh, De Grand home with um, some more pace bowling. But as he said, it will also spin towards the later half of the Test match, so they may have. Um, missed the ball on that one. Okay, now getting back to De Grandholm, um, how big do you think? What what is, what was De Grandholm's role in this uh, innings? Like at least towards the start. So he, uh, if I'm right, let me just get, give it a check. He bowled around uh, 11 overs for 23 runs. So what do you think De Grandholm's impact was in this uh, first day? Rehan, you can go. Yeah, so I don't think he was really brought in as a wicket-taker. I think he was just brought in to hold one end to give the others break. He'll just throw down some balls and he'll not give that many runs. And he could get get a wicket here and there. But like he wasn't brought in as the wicket-taker. He was brought in to just hold one end. Yeah, I completely agree with Rehan. He wasn't um, brought in as a kind of X-factor that they expected to take wickets. He was just brought in as um, a bowler who could just hold on one end, as he said, and be consistent. And he's done that so far, 11 overs to 23 runs um, with six maidens. He's he's done it well he, um, for whatever he's bowled. He's bowled uh, quite consistently, hasn't give, given away too many runs. And I think he's done a pretty decent job for what he was to do by New Zealand. Yep, yep. I uh, completely agree. The Grandholm's uh, impact is pretty big and, you know, he almost got Kohli wrapped in the pads or Kohli out once or twice. Um, okay, so to my next question, after 10 overs, uh, after Bolt and Saudi spell, we saw a spell between Jameson and the Grandholm. Do you think New Zealand missed a trick by not bowling Wagner in that spell? Uh, Vivin, you go first. Um, At the time when uh, the match was going on, I believed so. Because I feel like Wagner was a more of a wicket-taking batsman, and as you said, the grand uh, wicket-taking bowler. Sorry, 
and degrandom he wasn't really brought in to take wickets obviously and i thought maybe they should have brought in wagner earlier than he normally comes because in order to kind of shake things up and uh, try to get wickets because the partnership between uh, rohit and gill was really um building up and it was being a being very solid but um i feel like degrandom job in that he put a lot of pressure on the batsmen because he was very consistent and he didn't give them much space uh i believe he didn't bowl many bad balls that they were able to put away so i feel like that pressure from de grandhom kind of allowed wagner when he came in to kind of capitalize on his skills and uh, take the wicket yeah yeah i totally agree with vivin um i do, like at the time i thought they were uh, like de grandhom should have bowled but um you could also see that when they were bowling they got like three maidens in a row or four maidens in a row something like that and that built up pressure on the indian batsmen and when wagner came in that the pressure allowed him to take wickets because the indian batsmen were following the ball and pushing at it great 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 that's that's amazing analysis um just like one more question about new zealand's bowling um we saw that trent bowl bowl the first five overs and trent bowl didn't come in after that until the 41st over and now the thing that we know about uh, the duke's ball uh, playing in the hampshire bowl is that once a lack goes off so after 15 overs or after 20 overs is when it's really starting to swing so new zealand uh, new zealand's premier swing bowler like left arm swing bowler is trent bolt so they didn't and they didn't bowl him from over 11 to over 40 so do you think they actually missed a trick by not bringing bolt in during the prime swinging period of the duke's ball they have go ahead Rehan go ahead I think there might be something wrong with his mic Yeah yeah okay yeah how about we went we went go ahead. Okay sure so uh I do think that they may have missed a trick with that one I can understand why they didn't bring uh, Bolt in because the momentum they were getting with the whole uh, rotation between Jamieson uh, Wagner and De Grandhom was working with Jamieson putting on the pressure I sorry with De Grandhom putting on the pressure rather and Jamieson and Wagner coming in to capitalize and getting a lot of chances and um picking up two key wickets obviously of the opening batsman but I feel like in retrospect yeah they they would have missed the ball they probably missed the ball because um one of the things as you said Trent Bolt is really good with a left arm it would have been really good to have a left arm swinger come in and um he can obviously he has very good line and length even though we didn't see too much of like his skill in the first few overs i think they definitely missed the ball but i can understand why they didn't do it but in retrospect it may have made sense for them to kind of bring him back for a short spell or two to see how he was doing uh, with the ball and see if he could pick up any wickets yeah exactly it might have been broken the rohit sharma shubman gill partnership earlier okay so now we've talked about new zealand's bowling and its nooks and crooks so and as we know in england the ball swings up till the 70th over so new zealand are actually um still in the game with the swing and indian batsmen might not be so secure but now moving on to india's batting so how how do you think shubman gill and rohit sharma's uh, batting at the start was like how what impact did it have and how big was it and how many viewers don't actually understand the impact of those two innings uh, especially batting first in england so women How big do you think this innings was? Right. So obviously, I think this partnership was massive. Obviously, coming into it, India did have the disadvantage. Even though Kohli really loves to bat first, 
even he acknowledged that on this uh, Southampton pitch with overcast conditions, it would have made a lot of sense and gives the team a big advantage to bowl first. So it was really, it was really a good that, and it was really beneficial for India that Rohit and Shubman Gill batted for so long and were able to kind of stay at the crease for so long because um, as we've seen multiple times in England, when wickets fall early, they just keep on going and it could have led to a complete collapse for um, the Indian batting. Obviously, Rohit Sharma didn't look too good. He had good shots here and there, but he wasn't leaning into the ball and he was getting caught by the swing a lot of the times. But I feel like the role that Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill played was very, very important and it really set up the, Indi uh, the Indian team to have a chance in this match. Okay, so um, now we've seen the uh, course of the Indian batting. Um, Rahane and Kohli are still at the crease and India only three wickets down. So what do you guys think would be a good first inning score? Granted that we get a full 98 overs of play tomorrow. Rehan, go ahead. Good first innings total. Yeah, so granted that we get a full five days of play and like weather doesn't come into play, so there's no rain. Um, and obviously the lighting as well. Um, I think a total of around 250 to 275 would be would be great. Uh, like 225 maybe is on par and 300 would just be fantastic because if, if there's no bad weather, I think, I definitely think spin will come into play on the last two days. And if that happens, then batting will be tricky. So 275, I think is great because right now the seam, uh, like seam bowlers, have great wicket-taking chances and last two days uh, the uh, spin as well. So India, I think, have batted terrifically and I, I think they can get to above 250 and that would be great. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Rehan. Obviously, 250 would be a brilliant score and normally it would be uh, overreaching. I wouldn't say it's not, not under normal circumstances. It won't be par considering the score and the history, but Virat and Ajinkya are looking very, very solid right now. And uh, it's not looking that like much is going to break their partnership soon. And they're looking like they're get, really getting settled at the crease. So, yeah, I, I agree with Rehan. 250 to 275 would be brilliant because, as he said, spin would also come into play later. And India obviously has Ashwin and Jadeja. And obviously, the seam of uh, Mohamed Shami and Jasprit Bumrah would come into play. So, yeah, I agree with Rehan. I think 250 to 275 would be a very good score for India, considering the pitch and the circumstances. 75 it is then. So, you, as you said now, you mentioned that Kohli and Rahane are looking very solid. So, from a New Zealand perspective, how could Kane Williamson organize his men or march his troops onto the field to get people like Kohli and Rahane out? To get people with the caliber of Kohli and Rahane out on day two? Rehan, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so they have to continue bowling their lines. They can't. So, what I, what I noticed a lot was uh, whenever Saudi or Bolt or Jameson bowl their lines. They kept bowling consistently and Kohli kept leaving consistently. That caused them to tinker with it and Kohli got runs. What they need to do is stick to that line, stick to it, make Kohli follow the ball, make Kohli push at it so that he gets out. They can't let Kohli dictate. Yeah, I, I completely agree with Rehan. If they, uh, Kohli is a very patient batsman, at least in this format. And um, the more they give him some wits, like in this match, he's been very patient with the ball. As Rayan said, he's been leaving a lot unless it's come into his slot. And they have to just keep pushing at it, keep on building pressure on the Indian batsmen. Don't give them a lot of runs. 
and eventually uh, you have to make Kohli push, make him try to get more runs, and um, then there's a chance of him getting caught. We agree, okay, that's great to hear. Okay, so one last question for you guys: What was your favorite moment of the day today? Okay, so I'll tell you mine first. Um, my favorite moment of the day was when Kohli got his first runs to the beautiful cover drive he played off of Neil Wagner. Rehan, go ahead. What was your favorite moment of the day? Yeah, that that was definitely up there. What a beautiful shot. Um, another one of my favorite moments of the day, along with that, obviously, was when uh, was Shukman Gill's first boundary. He went on the back foot and he did his uh, like his pull shot, which he does brilliantly, and that was just a joy to watch. Yeah, um, both of those both of those moments are really good. Especially Shubman Gill actually throughout the match, he he was quite good on the back foot. He played a uh, a few of those shots. But um, I think I'm the odd one out because I would say my favorite moment was actually when Neil Wagner got his first wicket. Obviously, um, it's not because of who got out or whatever. It's because um, till that point, the bowlers for New Zealand weren't really doing a whole lot and they, they were very inconsistent. And Wagner came in, he really hit the deck hard and he focused on his line. He had brilliant swing and um, he got the perfect result. So it was um, quite satisfying to see Wagner get the get the result and get get um get the wicket great 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 thank you so much guys for joining us as guests and we hope to see you back for a day two review tomorrow but for now that's about it and thank you for tuning in uh we hope to see a full days of play uh, on day three and hopefully india can get some runs and uh, new zealand don't take any wickets well uh wouldn't that be a dream come true so thank you everybody and be sure to tune in for day three of the test match.